Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And welcome to the Superhero Slate review of Cats. I mean, Star Wars, <laughs> The Rise of Skywalker. Sorry, big December movies. I get them all confused. Yeah, yeah I mean, I know this is the this is the Star Wars spoiler cast, but geez, man, the uh, stuff coming out about cats, and I know we're not going to be doing like a normal uh, news episode, that things are going to have to be a little dicey around the, the holiday and the new year, but uh, I don't know the next time I'm going to be able to talk to cats uh, on the microphone with you, but uh, wow, yeah. It's been a, it's been a crazy week and just in just U.S. political news in in cinema. It's it's been a week and no one will agree on anything is what it seems like. So <laughs> and that, that's what we're here. But I mean, normally we we regale you with our theater going experiences. But let me tell you, mine was pretty tame. Except I did notice one thing, Mike. I want to. What's wanna, that? I'm sitting in the front row of the theater. Like there's like a, a foot drop or not a foot. Like it's like a probably a four foot drop off in front of me. You know, like where people can walk by and they don't get in your way. Mm-hmm. Some guy's like hovering over this little R2 robot he drove in, you know, like oh, he drove in his R2 robot. That's cool. It's right in front of me. But then he's like over it, like behind it, facing the screen for like five minutes. I'm like, you know what he's doing? He's recording this damn movie with that R2 unit, isn't he? He's got a camera in there and no one would ever think to, to suspect the little mechanized R2 unit. No. And like I'm assuming if he has a if he has a R2 like he could probably put a webcam in there connected to his phone like just align the lens like man that's that's a that's a pretty pro gamer move right there so I'm uh, I guess I mean, you got to bring R2 I, to everything now Yeah I don't know if you could identify cam footage from the theater that you saw it in but maybe you should go poke around cuz I know sometimes when people like pirate cams like you can kind of see test like screenshots before you download it maybe you can be like oh yeah that was my theater that R2 was recording my movie <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the cams I've seen so far uh, are not, but that's fine. So we'll, we'll 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 figure that out later. But I mean, um, who needs to see a cam? We're all watching this movie anyway. Mike, did you have any theater going experiences? Pretty tame. I mean, it was relatively uh, straightforward. Um, I actually we had Andy and I had a close friend who had a separate like large group of people organize a huge spreadsheet, and they bought like over a hundred tickets for the theater. And uh, we hung out with this friend last uh, last weekend, and she showed me her spreadsheet of where all of this. Uh, large amoebus group of friends were sitting and uh i was just like holy crap like we were in the same theater at the same time and you actually have two people sitting next to us and i said you find those people and you tell them to be good theater going <laughs> theater going uh patrons and they were i have to say usually movies of this scale with this kind of much on the line you know wrapping up like a franchise opening night usually people mean business when they go there so so nothing to report a good theater going experience yeah. nothing got in my way there yeah, that's that's all he can ask for, really, is, is keeping this section the shortest thing possible before we yes. get into talking about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll just go ahead and drop, since we are recording on a Friday, we don't normally do this for these big, but it's a big movie here. They're looking at $195 million over the weekend, making it the third biggest December opening ever. Literally behind the other two Star Wars movies. Like, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, no matter what you think about these Star Wars movies, they're obviously uh, still a juggernaut. You know, they paid f- what? What was it? Four billion dollars for 
uh, for Lucasfilm. So Mm -hmm. they've obviously made a return on their investment long before they got to this movie. But uh, yes, like you said, if all things go well, we we are able to get into the review as soon as possible. So we're going to start off the top of the show, spoiler free, the best that we can, and then we'll we'll alarm you for sure uh, before we get into the meat of the show, which will mainly be spoilers talking about what happened in the film. So, uh, Chris, I don't know. Do you want to flip a coin? Who goes here first? You know, we are usually very much online in group chats every day, but when we see big movies like this, we go radio silence. It's actually kind of weird. Like the group chat just kind of dies down for about like 16 hours before we get to talk to each other on mic. So I have no idea what you thought about this movie. Uh, I, 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 I guess you should go first. I got to know. Well, then fine. I was going to flip. I was going to flip a coin, but I'll put my coin down. So I will tell you, <laughs> Uh, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker has the the huge job of not only wrapping up the Lucasfilm Disney era Star Wars trilogy, but also ending a nine movie uh, behemoth of a franchise. I think, as you said there, um, not including Rogue One and, and Solo, the Star Wars stories. Um, that was hard to explain to somebody yesterday, by the way. <laughs> um, but so it's got a job of wrapping all these up and um, you know coming to a conclusion that's satisfying. And, you know, has meaning for everybody. And I, I will say, as a Star Wars fan, uh, I, I I had a good time with this movie. I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. All the twists and turns uh, throughout this movie. It is a frantically paced film. It is doing so much in the, like, one of the shortest run times. I think it's the same length as A New Hope. Uh, but, you know, there are so many things going on here. It was hard to little process a little bit. But after thinking about it a little bit, I, I had a really good time. It it's it can't ple- this this movie will not please everybody and I don't think honestly it's a um, cinematic masterpiece by any means either. However, it is a, still a Star Wars film. It has tropes of Star Wars movies, like we will talk about later, and like we always agree on. You can always guarantee on the sights and sounds of a Star Wars movie, just overtaking your senses. And this this did not you know did fail in that that, that job either. So. Uh, I think I had a I had a really good time, and uh, you know it's it's hard to talk about it without spoilers. But um, uh-huh. Mike, uh, let me know where on the needle are you lying? Light side, dark side, down the <laughs> medium rare. Well done, Jar Jar Binks level. <laughs> I just I just had a burger for lunch. I don't really know what I'm doing here, uh, but uh, I'm still processing this movie. Like you said, very very frantic plate. Frantic pace, so there's a lot to take in here. And this is Friday, like we said, so we just saw it last night. So, still digesting the movie, much like any other big franchise that you see, similar to Endgame at the beginning of the year, where you walk out of the movie and you're just like, man, a lot just happened. It's going to take a while to digest. So, I'm going to do my best to not be hyperbolic, but I think. I hated this movie, Chris. Wow. So this is going to be a really fun podcast between the between the two of us because it's always fun when we don't agree on stuff. But uh, it's really hard for me not to judge this movie without comparing it to the other three movies because this was very much from the very beginning billed as a trilogy. Star Wars is kind of like the iconic, the original Star Wars is the iconic trilogy, so it's hard to not think of these in movies as sets of threes. So I think we're going to be talking about the other two movies a lot. 
when we talk about this film, but it's just hard to watch this movie and not just feel absolutely and like totally let down. There is no master plan. There is no Kevin Feige S type person at the helm. Nobody's in control of this story. It's just rolling all over the place. It's very much a film made by the filmmaker. Like I think we've talked about on the new show and in the, in the reviews of the, in the, these previous movies before, how you think JJ Abrams just cannot, uh, he cannot tell, he cannot tell a story. That's not a puzzle box. He doesn't know how to finish or stick the landing and, and boy, I don't think he did it at all in this film. Uh, the, everything that happens in this movie is doesn't feel earned. Like uh, the frantic pace definitely doesn't help, but uh, decisions are made that just are not thought out. There's no emotional connection there, and I I think the the worst thing about this, and my wife was in the the theater also, and we kind of agreed is kind of between like the second and third act of this movie we just honestly started to get bored we were just like let's just wrap it up already like i feel like now that we're like what almost like a dozen star wars films in the bank now because we have three six nine eleven yeah so we're almost a dozen star wars film in and the majority of them all seem to just do the exact same thing like they all seem to have like the same type of like action sequences you know obviously it's all in space but it still feels like we're in this gigantic galaxy but everything's always the same it's always like desert planets ice planets you know always like big spaceships to blow up and like yes that's the dna of star wars but you'd kind of hope by the 11th movie maybe they could do something a little different so obviously we can we can dive into all of this and spoilers for sure and we'll and we'll need to but I'll say at the top of the show, I, I was talking to you earlier this week, I, I made sure to go back and rewatch The Last Jedi, and I'm glad I did, because I still have the same feeling I had for the movie when we first reviewed it, so you can go back on SuperheroSlate.com, and you can listen to what I how we felt during The Last Jedi, so still over, overall positive on The Last Jedi, but I'm glad I went back and watched it, uh, because after being away from the movie for about two years, you know, you kind of sour on it a little bit, because, you know, we have all the internet and just pop culture kind of coming to their consensus on it, then it kind of starts to affect you a little bit. But I'm, I'm glad I went back and watched it because I feel like I had a little bit more respect for some of the decisions that Ryan Johnson made in this movie. And uh, this third film is just obviously in total conflict with what uh, Ryan was doing and Ryan was in conflict with what JJ was doing. It's just It just feels like such a disappointment. And I think the, the biggest complaint I have is these last, it, it's six years, right? These movies spanned over six years, right? Because there was one every two years. Yeah. Correct me if I'm Correct. wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, enough, enough that we've done all three. <laughs> yeah, but to me, honestly, I, I feel really sad to say this. I feel like the last six years of these Star Wars movies has just been honestly a waste for me. Like the first movie really got my hopes up. The word hope is a theme throughout all these movies and just slowly my hope died movie after movie and even like the Star Wars stories which were interjected in between each year. So Chris, I'm I'm really, really down on Star Wars right now. I haven't got around to watching the episode of Mando that came out on Wednesday. So maybe, maybe I just need a little baby Yoda in my life to cheer me up, but... Man, well, I, I I think we got to jump in the Star well, Wars uh, into spoilers. I mean, we we do, and if and just remember, if if you you you, you piss me off, I'll just tell you what happens in the Mandalorian. Okay, I'll just run for <laughs> you right now. Uh, no, okay, so yeah, so we'll we'll, we'll you're gonna jump into spoilers. So if you haven't watched it, you probably have watched it if you're listening to the show. If not, cut off here, come back later. So putting the time code in the notes below. So. I if I remember correctly, you hated the Last Jedi as well, Mike. You didn't. You weren't warm on it at all. 
Even so, so much I, that your brother punked you at no, Christmas no, or for your birthday for it, wasn't it? No, that because that was that was the meta that was the meta, meta joke in there. Anyway, like I I was I was down on the movie, but I still thought there was good parts to it. It, it was a, it was a mixed bag for me, but I I it was really hard for me to distinguish myself from people out there on the internet who vehemently hated The Last Jedi. They hated Ryan Johnson. They hated everything he, he did. They hated all the decisions. There was things in the movie that I didn't like, but I, I really wanted to make it clear that I wasn't falling on the side of the people that wanted to have the character of Rose on a pike and beheaded. Like, I, I never came close to that uh, to that uh, position of it. There was just decisions that I wish they, they didn't make, but I, I think I clearly said there was things in that movie that i really really liked i mean obviously okay. the light speed kamikaze all that stuff so yeah i'm glad i i'm glad i rewatched it so i, I mean i i wish we could talk so when you, you brought up here like you know we're looking at this as a three i think it's really hard to because i see a lot of return of the jedi in this movie again i'm on the other side of the fence i think i really don't like the force awakens compared to ever like the last jedi like i'm the other way like most people really like the last jedi or the force awakens i'm like no no that's just it's just it's a safe bet and i don't like that safe bet and this one feels like i guess if um the the last jedi and um the force awakens were maybe like this force dyad and this was the the end result if you will to to reference this new movie um this amalgamation of both um and and while like yeah i agree it doesn't it's not the again the cinematically the story it's not the best thing in the world but i think there's a lot of star wars fan service in here that i thought at least you would enjoy um, because it does cater fan service so goddamn hard at some point. Yeah, I mean, movie. some of some of the fan service like felt good. I got some like fuzzy, warm part seeing some things in the film, but like you know, at the end of the day, you kind of you have those like that old fashioned like a uh, gold weighing mechanism, like mm-hmm. which side uh, tilts teeter totters more. But I, I I was thinking maybe a good way to go through this uh, film is maybe from like start to finish if we can, and then bounce around. Uh, but at the very beginning actually had me hooked. I was so down for this movie at the very very beginning because it was weird. We got the emperor right away. We saw they, they don't sn- shy away from that at all. Yeah, they're like here we he is. S- yeah, we saw Snoke in some sort of tube. So I was like, holy shit, Snoke's a clone. Like, the Emperor's back. They're doing this. Like, it was very creepily filmed. We have, like, the lightning that was changing Palpatine's face back and forth. I'm guessing they were using the the faces of the two actors that portrayed him, right? Only one person has been Palpatine. Well, we've had, we had uh, Palpatine from the prequels. And then also, I'm guessing they used some sort of... Uh, digital recreation of the actor who played him in the original. It's uh, the same guy. It's the same guy. In McDiarmid has played all of them. Except- well, they're definitely doing. They're doing something there because those faces absolutely change when the strobing effect was happening on his face. Something absolutely was happening. Well, I mean, it's, it's either way. In McDiarmid, well, so I, I'll take it back because someone's going to correct me. In Empire Strikes Back, when it's just a hooded person, you don't see a face. That's not in McDiarmid. From Return of the Jedi on. It is the same actor who has played Palpatine in everything. Yeah, well, they're doing something there, and that made the scene extremely creepy. Yeah, and I was like really on board. There was like so much mystery at the beginning. I was like, "Holy crap! How is the Emperor still alive? He's on some sort of secret planet doing all these machinations." Like, just the just the environment design was really creepy because usually we have all this kind of like retro tech and just like kind of alien mumbo jumbo on these planets, and here we're seeing like clear, like these gigantic statues that are like you know stories tall. There's like 
like this levitating plate. He's like walking. Uh, he's like walking under this like lightning cube to get mm-hmm. inside of it. Kylo at the beginning of the movie. So I was like, man, this is crazy. All of these mysteries that are soon to be told to me, and we don't we don't figure out how the Emperor survived. And I think that's a functional flaw of the movie. I mean, even when they bring back, um, even when they uh, uh, bring back. Uh, I can't think of his name. The dude that got his bottom half chopped off. Uh, uh, Darth, Darth Maul. Maul. Darth Maul. Even when they bring back Darth Maul in uh, outside of the outside of the movies, they explain how he's like still alive. He's got robot legs. You know, there's an explanation there. Like with the Emperor, it's just like, oh, he's he's still alive. They, there's literally no explanation. You well, can kind of infer the dark side kept him alive. You can well, infer all of these different I, things, but there's there's no explanation. I'm going to refer back to an older Star Wars film. You may forgotten called the empire strikes back where luke fell down essentially the same kind of tunnel and lived and we don't question that well luke fell down but we we literally saw it happen we saw him fall he slid onto the little tube things and and he was rescued by the millennium falcon right but but i mean we don't need to see you know again in 83 that the emperor survived i mean that that's fine i i get that you know they should have that this whole intro should have been the trilogy is not Snoke, but Palpatine's alive somewhere. Like, that would have been the best... Exactly, but, which is... But it's somebody fine. needed to be care. at the helm of this story. Right, but I, I don't care that I didn't see him fall down and live at the end of it. Like, that's fine. I mean, he's he's dark side. He, his whole point, you know, when he was seducing Anakin is like, you know, um, Darth uh, Plagueis found a way to, you know, um, through unnatural means, you know, extend life. And, he, and he's doing the same. Yeah, he's not out there you know, being the the head of everything. But I mean, he, he's chosen a, a weird time to come out when he could have done so along, especially if he has these Snoke clones. I will say this scene bothered me the most because my eyes did not like the fucking lightning. Uh, to, to be frank, because I'm in a dark movie theater in a dark screen and the lightning is flashing unrelentingly. Yeah, it was a little I'm much. Like, I'm like, please stop. I want to watch the movie. Please stop. Um, <laughs> But you're right. It does set the. It does set a very. I mean, that's. I think you know if you're gonna bring the emperor back, that's the way to do it. Like that. That was a good introdu- reintroduction to the emperor after. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't. I don't have. I don't really have qualms with him being alive. I actually thought the way he's kept alive is really cool. He's like attached to this weird kind of like technology that mm-hmm. like drives up into the roof and it's like basically like a crane moving him around. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And the visuals were really striking too. I was like actually imagining like the concept art because now the concept art's really more in my brain because we see it at the end of every Mandalorian episode. So I'm just yeah. like, oh man, I'm imagining like the awesome tone that was made with like, you know, the charcoal when the concept artist made the emperor kind of hanging off of all of this tech keeping them alive because that that's canon in star wars we've seen like dark technology keep these people alive so i was like oh this is cool i just wish we would have had some sort of explanation and and it's also exegol which is like the sith homeworld which ray has in her um i guess in, in those books she stole from from luke skywalker before yoda burned everything down so i mean i don't know if i need an explanation for everything but i mean i i i understand i understand your point but i it doesn't bother me uh, as, as much as, as it does you. Um, what's interesting is the next scene, it just literally just jumps into the the Millennium Falcon running from TIE fighters, trying to get yep. a thing. Um, apparently that little guy, Abulio, was voiced by Mark Hamill. 
the guy oh, yeah. saying that? Yeah, I, I thought so. I was just like, that voice sounds so familiar. And then right as the scene ended, I was like, that was Mark Hamill. Yeah, it was Mark <laughs> Mark Hamill. So I, I thought that was a very interesting thing. Despite the fact his head shows up on a table, not five minutes later. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He was uh, handing off uh, rebel um, uh, you know what? Uh, uh, secrets. <laughs> Those Knights of Ren were the most disappointing thing ever that JJ set up and then had the opportunity to deliver. And then we didn't get them. Oh yeah, the, the huge disappointment, and I I felt like we were getting the Chrome Trooper all over again, where set up to be this awesome big thing and just thrown down a trash compactor. We were metaphorically throwing the Knights of Ren down a trash compactor. Oh. We never got any answers or at least any sort of allusions to that these used to be Luke's students. If that's they are not, indeed I, w- I will who tell they were you, there's a comic book out about this right now. I think it's like Kylo Ren. It's like Kylo Ren, his own book. And they're delving into this. Ren's apparently a dude, and there are the knights of this dude who deals in dark arts, but wasn't Sith. I don't know, Ugh. but I know you. I, don't, I know all, you don't I, want to read extra I, stuff. I, I mean, I hate, I hate, I hate all that stuff just because that's fine. If you want to make the knights of Ren not uh, the people that Ren took from uh, uh, Luke's uh, Jedi Academy, that's fine. But then JJ, don't put a line in your movie that says Ren took my students. Just say you were just training Ren by himself. That well, would have been fine. Well, so it's just like, well, where'd all these other Jedi's that Luke was training go? Well. They were actually killed, and three of them chased him down, and then were killed. That's why he. Thought, well, that's why he, they, he thought they went with him. It's in that book. You don't have to read oh the book, but, but that was the yeah. F- th- that's the thing that the don't don't leave these these questions dangling right. over me so they can be answered in like a comic book that most people aren't going to read. Which um, which does bring me to our bingo card, which we didn't talk about at the top of the show. Oh yeah, just to refresh everyone's memory, we made a, a bingo card of predictions that would be in this movie a while ago before the first trailer dropped i believe the so second, we were pretty much more the second yeah so uh but the first one was like a very much teasery trailer yeah. uh where so we knew the emperor was going to be in the movie but that was about it right so, so um, a lot of these are spoilers that's why i didn't bring the bingo card up till now because i didn't want yes. to be like okay smart so like the knights of ren will have weird weapons and then um and also knights of ren being a disappointment i want to tie into the red sith troopers uh were they even in this movie they were they were in the third act where they were doing the quote unquote land invasion with the weird animals on the ship. Uh, they came out and they were shooting around. So huge disappointment. You really call that one. And uh, but just before we get off the Knights of yeah. Ren, if these guys weren't going to do a goddamn thing in the movie. Uh, they shouldn't have been putting them on prom- promotional materials. These guys were like on the front of magazines. They had their own character posters. Well, you know why? We got we got to see like character shots of all these people, and they were nothing. We didn't even really get to see them really all die, if I remember right. You know, no. when Kylo's fighting them at the end of the movie, I think he takes out a couple of them. No, he, he and gets them all. I don't know if some of them just fall down. You know, it's like movie action, so maybe he just, like, kicked one of them in the stomach, and then the stunt coordinator's like, oh, no, you kicked him in the stomach. That's fine. People will just assume that they're dead. So a very unceremonious end he, to the Knights of Ren, too. He he, he, he lightsabered them all, because once he got the lightsaber, uh, they all freaked out. They, they, they all look scared, as much as you can through a helmet. But, <laughs> but really, they just... Chris, Chris, you're bringing up too much stuff I want to talk about. Let's uh, The stats of the bingo card. So before you yeah. say if or if we didn't get the bingo card, uh, I believe you said we got 16 out of 25, correct? 16 out of 25 <clears throat> with a uh, solid two straight line bingos side by side. Yeah. Yeah, so we won't we won't go through a uh, line by line, but you can find it on our social media account on Twitter, uh, our Instagram. We did tweet the bingo card, but yeah, I was surprised to see two bingos. Uh, the free space was sassy R two D two. That was very much apparent. We got that in there. Uh, so uh, that was Mike's free space, but yeah, I'll yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, but it but it worked. So we 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 we're, we did pretty decent in the prediction business. Yes. Um, 
sometimes. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, so um, again, I've, I've actually, I was surprised at literally the amount of Carrie Fisher in this movie. that And it did not Ooh. feel weird. It felt, I it, it was noticeable, but I will 100% give them the mulligan on this. Obviously, they had to work around what they had. You know, no one expected to lose Carrie Fisher. So uh, I was telling my wife on the way home from the theater, it'd be really interesting to ask somebody maybe what they thought about Princess Leia in this movie. If you know, if they're just not pop culture junkies, if they just don't even know who Carrie Fisher is, maybe they don't even know that she died. I, you know, I would love to know if if they would have noticed it. Yeah, I mean, I think we, I we noticed it, but I mean, honestly, I was like, there's a lot of footage in here, so I want to know how much you know they cut from other movies to make this, you know, not to make this work, but how much do they actually cut of her from other movies? Because she had a lot of lines, and you know, obviously, I think the backdrop changed. I think that's what they had to change on it, but. It kind of fit in more than I thought it would, and then um, seeing her young version with young Luke was actually kind of kind of cool in the little flashback scene. Where man, that that flashback, that's like I wanted more of that. Not necessarily more of flashbacks, but like man, that was the time. That was like an era of Star Wars that everybody at a time was like begging for. You know, the original trilogy was done we had we didn't even know prequels were on the horizon you know and like we wanted more of star wars and that's what everybody was thinking of in their mind they're like what happened to luke you know after they blew up the second death star after they defeated the empire how did these characters continue on so i really really dug that quick little flashback because like man that was me as a kid after like growing up watching Star Wars, you know they had already been out for a while before I was born. I was just like, I want to know what happened. I want more of that. So I loved getting that little slice of it, seeing those like classic blaster shields on their faces, mm-hmm. seeing Leia with a lightsaber. That was just cool, man. I would just beg for more of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we'll ever get it because again, um, you know, those Everyone's actors are well past their prime. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, you maybe. If they don't take a Star Wars break before too long, they could probably do something with. I don't know what I don't know what the next Star Wars plan is, but this one leaves it very up in the air um, because the ending of this mirrors identically to the the Return of the Jedi. They, yeah, they, they and... blow up the big bad. They go back to a little <laughs> green planet and they celebrate, and then the ending just ends. This is just like this is just so this is so strange because we've been talking about Star Wars like we said for like six years on this podcast and like you've just been you've been you've been uh, the um, the uh, the uh, the the naysayer of JJ for a while and uh, I've been you know trying to build them up because like I like JJ's movies you like to you like Ryan Johnson's movie so so and we both were kind of a little mixed about just doing the Death Star again on the first one and man I didn't just want to see. Uh, a rehash of Jedi in the third one, but JJ did it, and I'm just like, why? Uh-huh. Why? Why is it just another space battle with another fleet of people blowing up more ships? You got to you got to take something down. Someone's either got to go inside of it, or we got to blow up some sort of tower or something, and then we can blow them up. And I, you know, obviously, like everyone's got hot takes online, but I saw someone on Twitter uh, that said, let's equip all of this ghost fleet with uh, all. They're all going to have Death Star beams, but we're not going to put GPSs on any of them. So, like, you know, I get it. It's a it's a movie MacGuffin. You know, even my favorite MCU movie, The Winter Soldier, has one of those. So well, I kind of 
let that slide. But man, like I never thought I would be tired of seeing a space battle in a Star Wars movie. I just feel like I want to see other just I want to see other angles of this gigantic universe. Well, I, but I think this was good because there wasn't much of a space battle at the end. Like, like if you watch those old ones, because I watched the other ones this week, like those like half of A New Hope is them fighting the same corridor on the Death Star. Uh, and, and, you know, I like New Hope, but by the time you get to that battle, I'm like, I can turn it off now. I, I know what's going to happen. Um, but I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I got to tell you, one of the biggest moments in my theater, at least, was when all the spaceships showed up with Lando at the end there. And it was just like a fucking motley crew of spaceships kind of going at them. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, everyone had everyone. I think everyone had a good feel good moment with that because you're like, yeah, yeah. Rebels. Yeah. Not me, Chris. <laughs> you might. And I'll tell I'll tell you why because for me it just it just wasn't earned. I mean, Ryan Johnson ended his film saying like we're going to put out the distress beacon. We're all we need we need to keep the hope alive. We need to keep the light alive as long as we survive. People out there will respond to what we're doing and we'll all rise up. And we even see the little kid at the end uh, grab the broom with his force powers. And then in this movie, JJ like specifically specifically says like nobody came we put out the beacon we told people about us nobody came they're all scared so like when they all just showed up i was just like well what changed like how did you rally all these people you just sent chewy out in the millennium falcon like why didn't you do this a long time ago to rally these people it just didn't make any sense how they were able to rally this number if there was maybe some sort of uh like i don't know maybe their the resistance communication thing had been broken and they just couldn't reach these people or something but i was just like there was no there was no change that what exactly. triggered all these people to show up the change was this essentially they threw a house party and invited everyone over 30 minutes before it started and then got mad nobody showed up at their house party in 30 minutes this one I, at least <laughs> there, there is a, a universal a hatred a universal fear universal want to fight the emperor which who has made himself known and like look we can take down the actual emperor show up with us and also I don't know what kind of pull Lando has because he was the one who didn't who went with Chewie this time but I, I mean I, that, that I thought it was I mean it was a, it was a cool moment with him because like using the Millennium Falcon which they, did they use it I, I guess Ray had it last time didn't she Ray and Chewie mm-hmm. they were off planet yeah in the last Jedi uh you know there, there's stuff like that and also if, you know these huge um were the they didn't get any of those uh, planet Death Stars off the planet correct or the Star Destroyers. No. Um, well, no, I guess one of them got loose because they blew up some planet. What Exegol. was it? Or not Exegol. Exegol. No, Exegol is that planet. The, 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 was the, it Crate? G- no, no, it's the snow one. That it was. Oh, uh, the one, Kimberly the one with whatever, the, Kim- the one with the bounty. The the one where they 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 dismantled C three PO. Was that the planet? Yeah, that I one. think that was the planet. Yeah, that's it. So I guess I guess one of them. I guess one of them got out there. Um, but okay, let's let's. What was that planet called again? Let's let's visit that planet first, real uh, quick. Kimi, Kim Kimji or something like that. Kim Kimji. So uh, just another example of unearned moments was this uh, was this bizarre masked bounty hunter. So Poe says he can't come back to this planet because he's got some shifty shifty stuff going on there, and they're they're basically gonna they're gonna tie and quarter him so, if he so shows Han up. Solo does. 
Yeah, so uh, he shows up. He's about to get his brains blasted out. And just because Ray beat up the bounty hunter, the bounty hunter decided to, to change she her would, mind, I guess. She wasn't going to shoot him. Uh, so, it was, and, no one was ever going to get and, shot. And then, there, and then there's this really sap sock story where she, like, just doesn't want to live on this planet anymore. She's she's scraped. She's saved. She's suffered to get this uh, little pendant so she get can get off planet. And then she just... I don't know. Just gives it to Poe just because he's he's got to get out of here. I was just like, what? Where is this? Like, there was if there was some sort of buildup, like I've said at the very beginning, if this franchise was planned in any way over all three movies, maybe this character could have been brought up in another film, and this could this payoff could have been good. But the only thing I liked about this bounty hunter was the little kind of funny moment that they had at the very end, where Poe was kind of making eyes at her, and she was just like shaking her head no. I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. There's still some lighthearted humor in here, which I I thought was okay you know c-3po falling through that pit saying like nobody asked me but i'm okay so there's still some funny punchy humory stuff in here like i'm not total devoid of uh of entertainment out of this film but man it's just like that that planet at least we got that little guy who's the little guy i love that little guy (laughs) babu freak he was he was awesome i would love to see babu freak maybe pop up in a Disney plus show. He was, he was great. I love that. Little guy. Look, I think there's one thing that I, I, I really will hold against this movie uh, more than anything else. And, and you'll probably agree if I know you, it's, <laughs> um, they fake killed Chewie and they fake killed C3PO. Oh and then they gosh. brought him back. I, I, I think that really undercut, you know what they were doing. I don't think one of them should have not been able to come back. Yes, I agree. And, and if you're going to fake kill Chewie, like, don't just withhold information from us like you're a magician only able to do magic because you're in front of a camera and you got you got in front of an editing, editing machine and that's how your magic actually works. Because they're just like, oh, I guess he was on another transport they, ship. They, they do show now, two transports. Like, I well, they I don't know if they just didn't telegraph it very well or what was going on there, but, like... Like I didn't, for some reason, I didn't think he was dead because usually when a character dies in a movie, especially if it's a big character like Chewie, usually they're not unceremoniously kind of killed, quote unquote, off camera. Like if Chewie was actually going to die in there, they would have maybe shown him through the porthole of the window, looking out, like putting his hand on it, like making like a sad growl. There would have been something there. So it was just very weird to see him die going like, okay, well, he'll probably be alive. Then they just kind of explain it. Oh no, there was another transport chip. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I was wasn't counting the transport chips while I was watching this movie, so I agree. It was a very jarring scene. It was kind of cool watching the watching the force pull between the ship, though. Yeah. Just because, like, I've always dug that in the greater Star Wars canon. They do some of that in the uh, in the animated series for Star Wars. I think maybe they did a little bit of it in the prequels. I don't really remember, but I like seeing the Force being used beyond just some people. So I thought that was really cool. I like seeing that dra- seeing Ray trying to drag back that ship. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree as well. I just, I mean, I don't like like I saw the two things. I, I knew what was coming, but I was like, if don't do it twice in one movie. If it mm-hmm. was once, it would have been fine. You got me first, but then they're like, well, what about uh, C-3PO and the backup with R2? Well, R2 is not reliable. Well, we'll do it anyway. And then he does this big emotional thing. Farewell. And then they're like, no, we, we, we saved him. We, we He's back to old C-3PO by the end. So I did not I did not care mm-hmm. for that at all. Um, I do, I did enjoy the lightsaber battles in this, uh, especially the one on the old Death Star. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I like the emotion there. The, the jumping uh, back and forth. I mean, they were they did some force jumps. We don't get to see force jumps very yeah. often. 
That was cool. Like we said at the very beginning of um, of our Star Wars journey here on the podcast, I believe we both agreed that we liked the new update of the lightsabers in general, mm-hmm. like kind of the more visceral look. They're not just totally smooth beams of light. They have a little bit of grit to them. So yeah, Star Wars lightsaber battles do have a little bit more of an impact to them. And it, and it was very emotional the way that they were uh, they were connecting. Like Rey didn't really seem to have uh, a plan. I don't know if she was if her goal was to kill Kylo right there. Or she just kind of wanted to, to beat him, but I guess she ended up uh, uh, she, she ended up winning. <laughs> yeah, that battle. Well, I guess this this goes to, to two things we haven't talked about yet. One, the big reveal: Ray's uh, Palpatine's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so they uh, they they somehow managed to pull the spaceship vision from the first one back in into into this, and that you know, um, giving her some sort of lineage. You know why she has force powers. I don't know. I mean, it, it feels like this is an empire thing again. They're like, no, I am your father kind of thing. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's the reveal of who my family is. And then they did the same thing again with her kind oh. of thing. It was, it was an empire all over again. Not to say, you know, JJ doesn't have any unique things in his body, but you know, well, the, the fact that Ray is a Palpatine on, on its face didn't bother me. Yeah. Like, I'm glad at least she wasn't like a straight up Skywalker just because it would be, would have been so or, obvious. Or Obi-Wan's and, uh, daughter or whatever. We... Yeah, it, exactly. Because at least, you know, they, they went a different direction. But I mean, like I said, it, it just totally uh, contradicts what Kylo said in, in, um, in The Last Jedi. So uh, if J.J. wanted to go that route... I, I guess he tried his his best way to back out of it of saying like I, I think Kylo Ren said something like oh I know I said your parents were nothing but that but, was just because they could have been so much more and well, it's just I, like I okay he, he didn't know nobody knew nobody knew in the last movies who her parents, he didn't even know who her parents were I think it was it was just an undercut you know like playing off of 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 her insecurities in the moment but he didn't even know her parents he didn't know he, he didn't even know Palpatine was alive until this movie. So I can't I can't fault him be like they're trying to back out of it. Like the storyline does in fact lend that some credibility. Yeah, but it, it's not it's not exactly clear. And also, like Ray's parents, like uh, my wife was asking me lots of questions after this movie was over that I just couldn't answer. She was just like, "Okay, well, who was the emperor's kid? Was it the dad or was it the mom?" And I was like, "I don't know. Maybe I missed the line." It but was the dad. They it, said, they it said father. Okay, so I guess it was the father. Then she's like, well, who was the mother? And I was like, I don't really know. I guess it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, the parents didn't really matter. They were trying to save their daughter, but, you know, we get kind of some weird uh, flashbacks. So we kind of get to see their faces, but who cares because at the end of the day, it didn't matter. It's weird to think that Palpatine uh, had a baby. (laughs) I I saw a lot of people uh, on Twitter saying, oh, I guess Palpatine fucks. I can't get that out of my mind now. So was he he having sex as like an old wrinkly man or was this something that happened at a different time uh so it's just kind of like and why weren't palpatine's kids evil you know some backstory there would have been interesting so it's just kind of like it just it's all discombobulated like this could all of this payoff i think could have theoretically worked if it was built up from the very first movie but i felt like i was let down by all of these filmmakers and honestly i wouldn't be surprised if we see kathleen kennedy uh quote unquote um uh uh leave uh marvel or i mean leave disney so she can quote unquote spend more time with their family i i I don't know how much of this falls on her but i don't think she's executed this four billion dollar acquisition very well at all i mean What, what, uh, what what can you falter for other than your own disappointment 
Well, I mean, what, because what, you literally pick something that would be I mean, fire, a fireable offense, other than why the fact that you're sad. Because because it's like, why can't she plan a trilogy? I mean, we've seen somebody like Kevin Feige do this over like 20 movies, where he is at the helm and he's looking over this and making sure all of these threads interconnect. And I would say that's much more difficult to do after through all of those movies when Kathleen T- Kennedy is just like, I guess she's just hiring directors and say, do what you want to do. You know, somebody when you're making a franchise when you're making these movies you gotta have a through line like what's the through line of these three movies like at the end of the day like the thing I liked the most about The Force Awakens was we were introduced to Finn, Ray, and Poe I loved those characters I thought it was great that we had kind of like this 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 new class of people and then they just kind of get muddied throughout all of these three movies with some of these old characters so it's just like it's great to see these old characters come back but they just have to be so intertwined with it and it's just like and then the addition of uh, Lando in this final movie was very weird the last scene that he had with that other with that other ex-stormtrooper it was just like oh I don't know who my parents are it's like oh well let's go find out it's like they're pitching like a Disney plus series at the very well, final of this movie so there, one thing here you, again you're, you're, you're uh, Kathleen Kennedy has done nothing wrong but make money and, and that's all she's done with this whether you're disappointed whether you like him or not she has made back every bit of this purchase on the first two movies, the main movies, not even the subsequent movies. Now, can they not hire someone and not fire them? And this movie did have Colin Trevorrow attached to it. Remember, he was writing oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. So this movie is on a rushed schedule to 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 wrap up all these things. I, I, and I get it. How do you come in? I, I Again, I put the, 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 the blame squarely on George Lucas. How do you start your, your movie series with number four? Do five and six, one, two, three, and then come back to this, you know, 40 years later. How do you make something make sense over 40 years? I, I can't say Kathleen Kennedy's at fault for not doing that because George Lucas didn't set it up properly to begin with. I mean, I mean I'm totally fine with the blaming George Lucas too cuz he gave us the prequels, but at least in the at the very least at least in the prequels, we kind of expanded on the universe. We got to see these other little tidbits of the galaxy. Um what was the planet that um that Queen Amidala was from. It's I don't Naboo, remember what it was. Naboo. He didn't do a good enough job to let you remember the name of it. <laughs> but at least Naboo, like it felt like a real world. There was like a society there. There's a class structure. There was even people that like lived in like the the core of the planet or whatever. But in these new movies, we're just going from desert planet to ice planet back to a desert planet again. It's like this galaxy must be very arid. Uh, I just feel like I'm not getting I'm not getting a, a very a creative view of what we're looking at here. But uh, like you said with George Lucas, we can indeed blame him because he likes to jump around. He was adding stuff to his original trilogy with CG that made a lot of people mad, which is why I have the despecialized editions on a hard drive somewhere. But it's like if, if you're if you're going to acquire this property, of course Disney can turn it around and make it a profit, but at least make something people can like. You know, they acquired Marvel and they get a good job. They but I I think you can factually say if you look at the if you look at the critical and audience response to uh, the Marvel acquisition and look at the critical and audience response to the Star Wars ac- acquisition, Star Wars did not perform as well as Marvel. But, but it's entirely different. You can't say, well, why isn't Star Wars Marvel's? Marvel does four movies a year. Star Wars does one a year at best. Exactly, which but, is like, you're you're dealing with like way less there. Why can't you plan this out just a little bit better? And, and, but I, I don't think, you're not going to see her, I'm just telling you, you're not going to see her get fired for making another billion dollar film five in a row now i'm a solo probably didn't hit a billion but 
you know, I, I, I really just think that you're, you're basing her performance on how you feel this movie did in, in, in your head. And I don't think, I don't think we'll see it at all. Honestly, do you, do you like the Mandalorian? Uh, well, I, like I said, I didn't watch Wednesday's episode. You like the Mandalorian. I, I, I mean, I'm, no, I mean, honestly, if you, if you, if you, if you hear my response from like the last two episodes we talked about on the news episode, I've been saying we've been having like a fun time, but I'd like to get back to the narrative at some point in time. I don't know if that happens in Wednesday's episode. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet, but you know, I just feel like a lot of the Star Wars experience I've been having lately have been very up and down. I have not had a very, I have not had a very consistent experience over the last couple of years. Um, but somebody needs to be in control of this. You can very much feel uh, JJ kind of attacking, not like attacking, but you can see JJ trying to redo stuff that Ryan did. You could see Ryan trying to undo stuff that JJ did. So it's like, why do these directors and these storytellers and these screenwriters keep conflicting with each other? Why couldn't just somebody sit down that's in charge at the beginning of this and just try to make a through line? There's a line in this movie where uh, after Ray tries to throw the the lightsaber away into the fire and Luke's force ghost comes out and grab it and he makes a tongue-in-cheek uh, response to the last Jedi saying like oh you should have more respect we should have more respect for this like sacred item yeah it's because the last time you had it you threw it off a cliff and that was something that Ryan Johnson did in his movie and it's something I really didn't like that happened so it's like like why do you have to have these like directors and these storytellers like feuding with these with these people over this trilogy, why couldn't somebody just did, when, put their foot down I and make a decision? They're not feuding at all. If they make a callback, whether you like, I mean, yes, it was a, a huge critical, like not critical fan. I mean, critics loved the last job. If fans didn't like it. Oh, boo hoo. I didn't like the, the lightsaber. It doesn't, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. If he answers it and it's a reference, Again, just to throw back, Marvel movies did all the time. They reference other stuff, things that you know were silly or something like that. I mean, how many times did in, in that in-game reference uh, America's ass? You know, in that out like the awful outfits from Avenger, the first Avengers movies. They're not fighting with anybody. They're just referencing. I don't, I don't see why you think it's a conflict between directors. Like, yeah, sure, it's not the the smoothest through line in the world, but I mean, Marvel stuff isn't the smoothest through line in the world at the, at the end of the day either. Their their whole start whenever they did. <laughs> Their most recent thing is like we're building the t- like at the end of the Incredible Hulk, Tony Stark goes to Ross and says we're building a team to fight the Hulk. Well, they didn't end up fighting the Hulk. They they, they scrapped it. It's no big deal. At the end of the day, you know the Star Wars movie is isn't fast, but does it wrap up nine movies, forty what two no forty two yeah forty two years worth of stuff in in, in, a, in a satisfying way? I think you know what I what I, I don't like the most about this is it ends and it feels like. Again, much like Return of the Jedi, we thought was the end end. There's no end end here. She buries the lightsabers, ignites her new orange lightsaber, which is pretty cool, by the way. Um, I think it was it orange or was it yellow? At least the color in my theater made it look yellow. It, I think I'm pretty sure it's orange. I think it's a last or, or the fallen order kind of tie maybe, with the orange. Maybe, maybe it's somewhere in the middle there. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting a little yellow, a little orange. And, and, and I think you know the ending wasn't as I guess wrapped up. Why? I guess she takes the last name Skywalker as a, as an honor, but like you, know, they just there's no definitive. Like, what is what is her next plan? What is everyone else's next plan? Do they just hang out till the next trilogy comes along in 16 years? Uh-huh. And they're like, well, this is another the second order took over. I guess. I mean, yeah. where's where's the, the definitive ending point where we're like, we don't have to come back here if we don't want to, but they yeah. kind of left it open. 
And this was a problem I had with the the previous two films where I, I, I've said this before is we never really get an explanation of the scale of this war. Like how big is the empire? How big is the, is the resistance? You know, what, what numbers are we working with here? Cause this is a galaxy scale type of deal here. So like if we just, if they're at, in crate at the end of uh, the last Jedi and they're like, Oh, this is all that's left of the resistance. And I'm kind of looking at the screen. I'm like, okay, I think I maybe see like 30 people here well how many people does the empire have are we talking hundreds thousands ten thousands uh because things get even more complicated in this film because we have this ghost fleet which i'll agree looks insanely cool that's really badass seeing basically almost like these dead zombie corpses of spaceships rise out of the ground like talk about a really cool Mm -hmm. visual but like what what what's the deal here who is who's manning these ships what's on there are these humans are these all like drone ships they, they, they specifically mentioned that in the movie they need to go steal more children to brainwash them to pilot the ships yeah, so I well, so I, like, how long has the? I guess the emperor's been working on this since he got thrown down the tube. But like this, the scale of it, which it he be, rises, it would be before because those wayfinders knew how to get there. Remember, mm. they got the wayfinders off the, yeah. the Death Star. So the the scale at which we see on this planet is huge. Like we have all of these ships and obviously must've taken them forever to build all the stuff. Oh my God. I can't even like imagine like the resources, even on the inside, we see all of these people cloaked in this like gigantic stadium mm-hmm. that could like house like a, like an NFL game or something like that, if not even larger. And we never knew about it. I could see the good guys not knowing about it, but I got the sense through the film that even the bad guys didn't know about it because nobody knew the emperor was still alive. People, everybody seemed to be surprised that this fleet, because they even had that, that, that evil boardroom meeting. They're like, well, what does the emperor want? Right. What does he want from us? So it's just like, how did nobody know that this was happening? Like, uh, I guess the planet is secret and you can kind of work beneath the shadows, but it's just like, so now we have two different factions of bad guys and why does the emperor even like give a shit you know about these other bad guys he obviously has like this huge fleet and maybe he should have done his best not to warn everybody that he's about to kill everybody i I, I assume my assumption is again the the emperor all sith always have a backup plan right they've always made a backup plan so he's been making this backup plan since well before god talk about a backup plan this is this is planet scale backup yeah and and, and, you know well if, if he had to pull those out instead of the Death Star. You know, he's been working on this for whatever. I assume there's probably robots making these at some point, and this, they're just unpiloted. Except you know, I, and honestly, I'm totally fine with that. It makes sense that the technology would have increased enough that these could be unmanned ships. Hell, even if you want to go that way, maybe you design the ships a little bit differently. We've been kind of seeing the same slice of cheese, you know, for a while now. So go crazy. Maybe make a more unique looking ship, you know, make it unmanned. That's great. Have robots make it. All of that is great. But maybe allude to us in some way that that is reality show like just a quick line of the assembly line of these things like I, that i think that would have been a cool shot to actually see how these things were getting made underneath the planet i'm totally on board with that and then at least maybe we could have seen the scale at which how this stuff is being made i would have loved more i would have, i would have loved some of that stuff but well, the problem was is we have to pack all of this stuff there, into the there, first act of this one movie right and again like i said the first act could be a trilogy in and of should have been the trilogy in and of itself like how cool would that have been like again how the first line the dead have spoken and that's the force awakens the the force Mm -hmm. awakens would be palpatine quote unquote reawakening but also 
Ray reawakening at the same time. Oh, I very, like, I the very much would have been way better back then. Like this movie is what they should have written down and planned for for three. And and, and there's no no denying that. But I, I don't think I think that, you know, there's a lot of fans. There's a lot of Star Wars in it. There's a lot of parallels. And while I don't like JJ always pulling from other stuff, you know. To to wrap it all up, you you've got to give it some some callbacks. That's exactly what Endgame did. Endgame gave us callbacks. We actually revisited old movies in Endgame to wrap up, you know, ten years. So you know, I, I think that's fine. I I agree. It's, it's very quick, but you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like it's do or die, kind of like the rebels were or the, the resistance. They're like, well, if we don't go now, this is it for us, kind of thing. And that's what they had to do. Yeah, and you know, I, 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 in my opinion, this movie gets bogged down with all of these MacGuffins. So I thought the Wayfinder thing was kind of cool because I was like, oh, this is kind of a an object that you have to use to get to this secret planet. It looked cool. It looked menacing. You know, I was like, oh, this is cool. I like Star mm-hmm. Wars tech. And then, okay, well, there's two of them out there, so Ray has to go find it. But first she needs this dagger, and then she needs to decode it. So, okay, C-3PO has the dagger information now, but it's locked away. So let's go deep program them so we can get the stuff out of it but actually no we still need to get the dagger because the dagger has this little compass on it but I still don't comprehend how the compass works because I understand you needed to line up the blade with the perimeter of the Death Star but was this blade made after the Death Star crashed because I don't see how this blade could no, still work <laughs> well, after a crumbled Death Star you know? I don't think so because technically it killed her parents so it would have been made during the death, like before it blew yeah. up? Yeah, and that's confusing. And then also, like, just get rid of the dagger altogether because I was expecting maybe it to come back in and she uses it to kill maybe the Emperor. Then uh-huh. at least there would have been some meaningful, uh, there would have been some meaning to the dagger. But then, like, y- this whole movie talks about, like, how you can kind of just feel things. You just know things, which is something we've seen in other Star Wars movies. So that's fine. So I think the audience would have totally believed, like, oh, if you find the the Death Star, the wreckage of it, if you just go out of your way to find it, I'm sure you can find the Wayfinder. It's like, oh, this this little pamphlet or this book or wherever they got the information, it says, oh, it says it's in the, the main throne room. Well, okay, just show up to the Death Star and be like, oh, I think that's the main throne room right there. You don't need the dagger right. to point it out. It's just weird. And then... Like C three PO has the has the information to get the thing, but then the Wayfinder gets you to the Lost Planet. But then this brand new droid that is only in the movies to purely sell toys also has the information, but it doesn't matter because Ray relays the coordinates from the X wing to begin with. Well, he, so it's just he has like the coordinates, but he doesn't have the pathway because you know they have to dodge all that other red shit. But the, yeah, I there's mean, not a direct yeah, flight I, path. It, like it's like I I get that, but it's just like just clean this up a little bit. We yeah. don't care that. That there needs to be two sets of data to get to this secret planet. Like Ray knows it, she relays the information. That's fine. We don't need to. We don't need to believe that this little droid also has it. And then they they find the dagger to begin with out of sheer luck and stupidity. I guess this is the one coincidence that the movie is allowed to get away with that they fall through this quicksand. That's not actually quicksand, but oh, I'm glad that after this long speedy chase that we've had uh, lands us exactly where we need to go. And then this leads me. Until, like, I think the last main thing I want to complain about, and then maybe we can kind of wrap this up. Uh, like I said, the, this movie does a lot of things that aren't earned, and 
if you want to go ahead and um, add on to the lore that is the Force, that's your, you have every right to do that as a creative person. I think that's fine. I'm on board for new fancy Force stuff, but you got to explain it in some way. If the Force is all of a sudden going to be like this Dragon Ball Z-esque spirit bomb type of situation that you can kind of just move and flow around and heal people do some work you gotta you have to do the work to explain it now i know ray has these ancient jedi texts but as far as we know luke had them for a while too you know he he but he I'm said sure he didn't he, read them so it's just like but they have existed these texts didn't just come up out of nowhere so nowhere through the lore of star wars has have we seen anybody heal anybody or bring anybody back to life or anything like that so if you're going to bring this new healing tech this new healing magic out of nowhere there's got to be even a one-off throwaway line at the beginning of the movie where ray has said like oh i have I have I have uncovered some stuff that uh, I don't think anybody has seen in years, and I've been working really hard because they go out of the way to show her do her training and run through this course, and she kind of fucks up the course. She's not very good at it, so it's just I feel like it's a leap for me to believe that she could do this healing stuff. I, I could I could imagine like a true Jedi master pulling that crap out because if Palpatine is this huge Sith Lord, he can manage the lightning, but like this healing if you're going to be bringing people back to life with it and if you're going and if that's going to be the crux that basically turns kylo back into ben uh is is is, is ray showing this uh humanity and bringing him back to life with her magic like i mean there's got to be more to it than just oh, i can heal people now that really frustrated me i there i think i mean but there's so many other force powers that just happen they never explain them i don't i don't think i think you want too many explanations for things the force just is the force is she's had powers she didn't know what they were i mean she was able to force i mean in the force awakens push back against kylo ren who had training all all his life to read minds and he's like she's like no i can read your mind now like it's just in her blood in her body like uh, not to to bring up the m word but she's full of midichlorians i assume <laughs> uh and just you know has these in tune things and i think you know you're going to probably be next time we talk a little 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 less sour about the force healing so um and, and other force abilities so whatever i i think i i, I really enjoy this movie i still think is i think it's fun because i think the fast pace helps it i hate slow star wars movies and this movie is is again like i said so quick i i really I really do enjoy it. And honestly, I, I've got to say, I've not seen anyone talk about this, but it, it is probably where most of the air went out of the, the theater is um, Kylo and Ray, you know, sharing a, a kiss before. Oh, that. yeah. We got it. We got to talk about this. We, 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 we got to talk about it. I'm just going <laughs> to We got we to got, we talk about it because, Chris, in the movie theater, at this point in the movie, I am just like so – I'm just like so down on this movie. Like I'm having such a bad time. I want like all of my money back from all of the other Star Wars that, that I've seen. And I'm just like – I'm looking at this. I'm just like, oh, they're kind of holding each other. I'm like I'm, – I'm just like screw it. I hate this movie. Just kiss each other because that's the dumbest thing that can happen right now. And they did it. At no point in this movie do they ever set up any sort of affectionate love. So you, you it's gotta just, love it's someone just, to kiss someone. If you, it just if felt you're in so the moment tacked with on. the adrenaline and he's dying, 
That's fine. Give uh, yeah, great. Then, ben then, Solo back then, dies, and then he dies. Like that's it's even better. Then kiss, then kiss him on the forehead. You still get a similar emotional response of a of a close connection without any of the romanticism connected to it. At, at, at most, I kind of felt like their antagonism throughout the movie felt more like siblings than it ever felt like love. No, so, it, it was it was sexual tension the whole time. Uh, and from, I tell and I tell you. Then. And I tell you what, I did have people in my theater that was clapping at all of the fan servicey moments, and that's their right. They can go ahead and do that. But when they kissed, I heard I heard audible gasps gasps in the theater that I'm going to go ahead and assume is why the hell did they just do that? Because it was so weird and out of place. I don't think anybody out there is ever going to be able to uh, convince me that that was worthwhile or earned in any way. So no, you talk that was about just such earning, a... earning, earning. You don't know shit. I mean, this is they don't have to earn it. It's a movie. Like there's how many years in between it? We don't have to show. Hey, they went to the bathroom. They, they went. They did this. I mean, it's fine. They absolutely, they absolutely have to earn it. This franchise has been around and connected to so many people since the '70s. You can't just buy this franchise and just throw whatever random crap that you, you want. At it. But it, literally in the Return of the Jedi, he has a green lightsaber. We didn't see him rebuild that lightsaber. Did he not earn that either? Now he's a Jedi in dark clothes. He has all these Jedi powers. Did he not earn that because we didn't see it on the movie? It's fine. Like the Star Wars, the everything about Star Wars, the lore, the, the films, they don't have to explain it all. They can go to the next thing and, and do that. And that's that's a, a how the series has always been built throughout the whole thing. Luke didn't train to use the Force to shoot it in the first movie. He heard Ben Kenobi and said, and he's like, I'm going to use the Force because I have intuition with the Force and everything. Like it's it, this, this is fine that they can do this. That doesn't. There's no present. Like you may compare it to other movies now, but in the Star Wars universe, it all works out. This is how they've always been doing movies throughout the whole well, thing. We'll, well, we'll even the ones we like we'll, the most. Well, we'll just have to part and say in those situations, I believe that those are believable reaches. And in this movie, I just don't think the the reaching that they're doing is uh, believable and earned. So, I mean, obviously things are split. When I was at lunch today, the uh, in, in the diner that I was in, they had a TV up and it was the news and they were showing the, the Rotten Tomato score of this movie. Uh, and they were saying, okay, this is the score from the critics and this is the audience reception. So obviously this is just, we have another like binary uh, film on our hands here. There's there's people that I feel like they're going to love it and they're going to hate it. So I guess we can say that hasn't changed from this movie and the last movie. This I think this is still going to end up being very decisive. Divisive? Divisive. Then. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, this is exactly the opposite of The Last Jedi. The critic score was higher on that. Um, yeah, which I, I thought that was crazy. I was like, whoa, we totally flopped it. Yeah, and then on this one, um, the, the audience score is is pretty much that, that same score. I was going to try to pull up um, the Metacritic uh, personal score just because I don't like using only Rotten Tomatoes. I think, you know, that can be... Is the Does the Metacritic score, does that factor in? What's the score where when people come out of the theater, they ask them to grade it out of like an F to an A? Uh, that one usually uh, is really, really indicative of the box office response. I think they've they've found that, that out. So. That, oh, man, what is that, that score? Um I uh, I type in film scores, but I know that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> film ratings, uh, it, it's not. I think it's the cinema. Isn't the cinema score? Cin- is that what it is? Yeah, 
Let me the pull it up while, while I'm yeah. doing this. Yeah. Well, I, I can say real quick that um, right. my my uh, my Twitter preferences. I had so many Star Wars keywords that I was gradually adding to. I I know I sent you the screenshot of the words that I had muted early in the week. I definitely had to add to that over time. And even with all of those blocks on there, I still saw a screenshot of the Rotten Tomato score before I went into the movie. So I was just like, damn! Out of all this effort, I still can't avoid people sharing this score before I go into the theater. I it is not under recent scores. Maybe it's because it's the first day. It's Friday. Yeah, so. maybe they probably have to wait to accumulate yeah, it over the weekend. That. So we'll we'll talk about that next time. Then I mean, I again, I I think I I mean, uh, I think I think we we've I, yet again flopped on Star Wars back and forth on on how he's. I actually agree with the audience for once on this one. Uh, and uh, like I said earlier, no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. So yeah, well, I have to say, like every once in a while, I am glad when we come into a review and we are just at yeah. different ends because I think at the very at the very least we've made uh, we've made some entertainment entertaining audio God, for people out so. there. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Star Wars ain't going anywhere. I mean, they've been kind of like um, slowing down over the last couple of years because some of the plans that they've made haven't quite worked out. What, it seems like they're going to directors see, have been fired than hired. Yeah, it seems like they're going to be focusing more on Disney Plus. Uh, you know, with these new series we talked about last week on the news episode about the what was it Doctor Alpha? Afra, um, yeah, Doctor Afra show. So we're going to be getting more Star Wars, but it'll be no. at a, a, a somewhat slower well, pace. It seems like within the within the streaming and, universe, and, and, and it's not main. I guess main Skywalker arc characters. Yeah. Either. Yeah, so I I mean, I guess one thing that I am glad, I'm glad the Skywalker story is finally over because I think even really big fans of the fans of the franchise have been looking forward to exploring different realms of what Star Wars is and now that we're finally all the Skywalkers done, are dead. Yeah, they're yes, dead. Li- literally. Uh the only way you can find one now is an adopted Skywalker, I guess. Yeah. Um, no, that's how I didn't so, theft. Yeah, and I mean, I guess if I had to look back at the trilogy, man, Adam Driver is still amazing. No matter what lines or what stories you write for him, mm-hmm. uh, I I think I'm an Adam Driver fan until the like the day I die. And, now he is like so good. And Daisy Ridley, honestly, for Star Wars being her first movie, has come a long way. Oh yeah, she's great. I, like like I said, this this cast is so solid. Did you I, see you know, John Williams had a cameo in this? He he did. What was he? I don't remember. He was like an old guy with something on his face. <gasps> you know what? Now that you say it. Usually, you know, as as we see, usually when when people cameo in movies, usually it's like a, a shot that lasts like maybe a couple frames longer than normally it would on an extra, and that puts you that puts a signal in your brain. Oh, that probably wasn't an extra; that was probably a cameo. And I feel like I do remember seeing like an old man kind oh, of cameo. He, yeah, he he is the one at the <laughs> they walk into the can- cantina on Kajimi. Oh, he was the was he the bartender? Yeah, he sh- like shook his head. Oh, I thought that was I thought that was a reference to maybe the original Cantina guy that we saw in the first Star Wars film, and I was like, oh, maybe theoretically in this universe he just moved to a different bar and started working, but I guess the ages don't really match up, but that's cool. I'm glad John Williams finally, finally. I don't know if he's cameoed before, but I'm glad he got he, he, he got a little bit more FaceTime. He has not cameoed before uh, with that. Um so Definitely, definitely cool. I also want to point out one thing before we before we leave. You know, there is uh, at the end where Ray's like all the Jedi live in her. I have a list of those characters for the voiceover because I was listening okay. for people. So I just want to say, are there any that stood out to you that you you heard in that voice? Uh, I know I heard Qui Gon. Okay, for sure, because uh, um, a very uh, very identifiable voice. Um, 
I don't know if I picked out anyone. Was Hayden Christensen a voice in there? Uh, he was. There was an Anakin okay. Skywalker line. There was Yoda, as, as you probably heard. Yeah, Yoda. yeah. I think Yoda popped up twice. Okay, we also had Obi Wan Kenobi, both young and old. So they used some Alec Guinness and some Ewan McGregor lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had uh, Mace Windu, Samuel Jackson. I heard that one. Pretty solid. Oh yeah, that was cool. I that 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 gave me some feels uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, other characters: Luminara, Unduli, uh, Ahsoka Tano had her own lines. Ayla Sakura, Adi Galia, Kanan Jarrus from from Rebels. I mean, they, they pulled out all the stops to get all those voices mm-hmm. in that that little section yeah. there. So. Well, I I, ha- I have to say I, I need to be I need to be a, a good husband. My wife wanted me to relay two things to our audience, oh and she and she she wanted it to she really wanted me to share this. So first, uh, uh, she felt the the worm uh, underneath the the pl- on the uh, on the um, under the sand uh, planet. Yeah, on the, uh, under Kasana. the sand planet. She was like, "That's just a graboid from Tremors," and I was like, "All right, I'll relay the information. I'll let the audience know that okay. you think you think it's just a graboid." And then also, she said they Titanic the ending. <laughs> she was like, "When uh, when." Ray takes Luke's last name. She's like, that's the same thing that uh, uh, what's her face did in Titanic. She took, yeah, she took uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, last name. I don't remember what it was. She was like, they took that from Titanic. So I just, I, I gotta let the audience know out there that uh, my wife thinks that they're stealing from other. We're we're gonna, we're gonna be, we're gonna make a super fan Jim upset if we didn't mention uh, Han Solo comes back as not a oh yeah, but a vision. I mean, I. I, I'm almost like tired of like uh, like crapping on the movie at this point, but it's just kind of like, are, is this is this what we're doing now in this movie? Well, are well, we just doing like straight on like just uh, visions? Well, but that that's the thing. That's that was like Leia's last thing. That's why she died was to send I think this vision of of him. Uh, but it's the same dialogue from Return like uh, the Force Awakens. They're having the same conversation, but this time he doesn't kill him. He turns back to the good side. Like there's a yeah, there's a I, huge parallel. That's a good parallel for the. For I mean, this. Chris, if I if I say it, you're just gonna hate me. But so 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 I won't so I won't say uh. it. But that didn't I didn't I didn't enjoy that scene that much. But I did love seeing Han Solo again. His hair had grown we, out a little bit. He, he he's yeah. not taking care of his hair a little bit. Well well you know you don't there's there's not a lot of barbers in the afterlife. When you're you know? when you're dead uh, in the Star Wars universe, uh, you don't cut your. Hair. I guess uh, yeah, our, all barbers go to hell. I guess yeah. Uh, no no one's there to cut hair. So yeah it, yeah it was nice to see it it was more nice to see him again just because he's such an old curmudgeon that I feel like just doesn't like Star Wars anymore because everybody just calls him Han Solo everywhere he goes for the rest of his life. So I guess it was just nice to see him come back. It's like, okay his his old icy heart is warming up a little bit so mm-hmm. there you go and then lastly the last thing i want to point out uh wedge and tilly's showed up again uh he was the gunner on the william falcon the old guy at the oh end the yeah 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 we had uh we had some we had some claps for for that guy he was nice to see so some some fan service was nice there's chewy. a lot of fan service in there. chewy he got finally the got he got his medal yeah. uh, my, 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 i had to i had to let my wife know what that was she was like why did chewy get that one thing and i was like all right I because got, people I have been go back. bitching about it for 42 I can, years I, yeah i gotta go back and i gotta explain uh what was going on with chewy so you know if uh you know if chewy didn't get a cool death i'm glad at least he survived man he's been through a lot he lost all of his friends i feel really bad for joey he needs to go to therapy yeah. he needs to go to loss counseling he's been through a lot we lost the main three characters but we kept all their sidekicks both yeah, droids man. and chewbacca let's call the next one star wars living with guilt and it's just them trying to get on with their lives star- c3po the very first scene c3po kills himself because he can't live with he can't live with the fractions of the memories that he has so he just tosses himself no, in a lava no. pit. this is a futurama thing and c3po will be bender <laughs> so he's gonna try to kill himself, but it won't work. Whew, man, what? I mean, what? What a movie! I mean, either way you say it, 
this movie it, this movie affects people. I can tell you that we know that for a fact. This movie affects people in some ways. So wow, it's just it's crazy to think. I mean, when I sat down to watch the For- Force Awakens in theaters, I was just shocked that Star Wars was just even back to begin with. So and and look where it's at now. I can get off of this microphone right now, walk up to my couch, and I can watch a Star Wars TV show which is something that we we never thought we would get, something that has been in the plans longer than this new trilogy has ever been in the plans. So, I mean... About characters just, we've just, never seen before. It, it, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty wild out there. You know, uh, tell your moms you love them. Uh, who, who knows what's going to happen Merry Christmas. Next. <laughs> Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever, whatever Merry, you want. Have, have a Star Christmas, Wars. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Go see yourself a Star Wars. Who man. Uh, All right, let's wrap it up. I got you out here. It's yeah. time for dinner here. I mean, this is kind of late. So, Mike, if people want to know what you're up to, where you're spreading your hate for Star Wars this Christmas, where can they find you at? <laughs> I, Chris, I think what you mean, if people want to yell at me, you can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to reach out to you and just give you nice thoughts and gifts because they, they just love everything you just said, where yeah. can they find you? Yeah, I'm not going to get that, but you can find me on Twitter, V-A-L-D-A-N, <laughs> or uh, Instagram, Valdan87. Uh, you can also head over to Comic UI, and if um, does is your brother got enough time to buy enough Star Wars stuff for Christmas for you? Oh. I mean, he he reached he reached out to me this morning asking me my opinion. So uh, oh. told told him I didn't like the movie, so I don't know if he's rushing out to to he, the he nearest store. He is so creative store. at that stuff. I'm just so impressed every time. He's just he's just gonna buy me a bunch of stuff. I'm just gonna oh, return. <laughs> I hope I hope it has rose all over it just for you. Not that you hate yeah. her, but you know, man. Uh, no, we can't get back into it. We can't get back into it. We'll save it for future news episodes. <laughs> we'll come back in 2020. We'll talk a little bit more about Star Wars. We'll, we'll, let, we'll, let, we'll let it simmer on the stove. So, uh, if people want to know more about our shows, our regular news shows that we're not recording for the rest of this year, but we have old ones they can listen to, where they can find those at. Oh, all you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com to catch up on all the news, all this crazy stuff we're talking about. Uh, there was trailers in front of this movie. We'll end up talking about these trailers uh, later on in the news episode, so make sure you're subscribed. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and anywhere else you'd like to listen to podcasts. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram because uh, our, our next episode, I believe, is going to kind of be like a New Year's special where we talk about the last 10 years and maybe talk about the next 10 years of pop culture and all this nerdy stuff that we'd like to talk about. So you need to stay subscribed. You need to stay connected to see when we're going to drop that episode because I believe the New Year's like in the middle of the week. So you might get a su- surprise podcast out of nowhere. So make sure you're staying tuned. You can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. Um, we love hearing from you. So please reach out. Let us know what you thought about this movie. Oh, are you more of a Chris or are you more of a Mike on this movie? Yeah, there there's, there's no there's in between ne- anymore. There, there's your needle. You're either a Mike or you're a Chris. So at, let us know. At the end where- of the day, we both got a bingo. Yeah, there you go. We got we're we're good in the prediction business, yeah. that's for sure. So reach out, let us know if you want to be a super fan of this show. All you got to do is stay subscribed and share the show with a friend or a buddy. And Chris, I feel like our friendship has grown stronger over this uh, over this well, hour. So I, I, I'm glad we ev- hashed it out. Everyone, everyone's like, oh my god, are you guys not mad at each other? We don't care. At the end of the day, we're going to be doing the show forever. So, at, the, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a movie, folks. Yeah, really. It's, it's just a movie. It's fine. So uh, I'm looking forward to um, the, the the next news episode we do. Look back on the past 10 years and look forward to the next 10. So we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys later. All right. Adios. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. I've got a bad feeling about this. This will be fun.